Hi, and welcome to Com Church Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk you're about to hear. We're in a series that's um, called The Writing is on the Wall. The writing's on the wall. If you look around, if you're visiting today, if you look around the walls of this church, there are some words that are key and core to the foundational principles of what Com Church believes. We used to be called Dunstable Community Church, and we went, right, how do we abbreviate that? Because you can't put that on social media every, every time. I spend all my time typing Dunstable Community Church. So a few years back, we said, how do we abbreviate? And we felt, you know what? As the leadership team talked, we all felt that there's more to us than just being part of a community and being a church community. Because we were Dunstable Community Church, there was so much more to us. So by abbreviating the name of the church to Com Church, we then got to introduce all these words. And then when you're out there and somebody says to a member of Com Church, what the heck does that mean? I mean, loads of other churches have a great name. The Church of the Latter-day Wandering Wonderful. That explains it all in a long, nice description. But we've gone, what, what's Com Church? What does it mean? What are, what are you talking about? Well, what a great opportunity that is to answer the question. Well, to me, it means the commission that God's called me to go out and share Jesus with my world. Someone else might say, compassion is what my church means to me. We, we love to reach out into our community and help those people that are most at need. So whatever it means to the members the most or companionship, my friends are at church and we get to share that with our friends and it helps us tell the story of why you come to Com Church. And that's why we did what we did. But we're in that series, the writing is on the wall and you look around, if you look today, all of our com words are in their place. They're hanging on the wall. Every single last one is there. We've taken 10 weeks or so. Some of these words we've preached multiple weeks. And we've brought down the picture and placed it on the stage. And um, we've had it there and we've brought it down. But today when you came into church, they're all hanging in their place. And that's because I want to introduce a new one. I feel a little bit like Rob Payne, uh, Robbie Rocket. He goes around and does a magic show. So um, he, he does magic show for kids, and I feel a little bit like I'm, I'm doing a magic trick this morning, but I do need a beautiful assistant, and I'm going to go with Nana. So um, Nana, I've got a beautiful assistant. I wonder if you could reveal for us this morning, Nana, the word that we're going to add to our wall. We've gone all the way through this series, and I just really felt passionately there was something missing from the wall of our church, and we're going to add it this morning, and here it comes. We don't need the screens. Fortunate I've done this, eh? Because who needs a screen when you've done this? Okay, so at least we, so yeah, I'm so glad we, um, yeah, who needs screens? We've got, we've got it right here. So no, no compromise. We've made up this little imagery and it's going to hang on our wall. Now compromise is a great word and there are times compromise is actually brilliant. It is a really good thing sometimes. And I just want to share that. In conflict resolution, when we, um, when we have conflict or we're in disagreements with someone, often the way to find um, your way out of that conflict is to, to compromise with that person. Um, I haven't met a marriage that doesn't need counselling at some point. 
like a lot of marriages, in order to stay together in 2018, many of our marriages need counseling. We need some counseling. We need some help. We need to count. I know, like, sometimes we don't like to talk about it or say it, but marriages do need help. And one of the key things when you're doing marriage counseling is, um, is to compromise with each other and to know when that is, to understand it from the other person's point of view. In business negotiations, when um, like the two businessmen are uh, discussing and trying to do a deal, the only time you get to sign at the bottom of the contract is when both parties have come to a compromise and, and come to an agreement. And that's why the deal gets signed off, because somebody was willing to compromise. That's a good thing and not a good thing sometimes, because you can stand firm in, in a negotiation and not compromise and get a better result. So, but compromise brings about deals that can sign off and one party has to, I will say this, that compromise in the case of business will always cost you something. It will cost something when you, to make that deal, the compromise you make for, for you to be able to sign the deal is going to come at a cost to you because the person has set out their stall and they want this and then you have to adjust what you want to come into agreement. A good thing. A good thing in business sometimes. But as Com Church today, we must have the courage and the wisdom to know the moment and the situation and the place that requires no compromise. We need to have a tenacious spirit sometimes where we put our feet and we say, I will not move. I will stand. I'm not going to budge and nothing's going to move me. I'm going to tell this really quickly because we're going to run out of time, which I proved in the 10 a.m. service. But my mum, we've sold all our family homes and my mum has got the money in the bank and is trying to buy a smaller house for her to live in. We lost my dad a year ago if you're new to church. But um, she's been looking for a house to buy and we, we put an offer in on a house and it was lower than what the person had. Mum... Traditionally, my dad did all those business deals in the house. She'd never been involved in like negotiating business deals. So I kind of took a lead role. I said, mum, make an offer at this level. So she made an offer and she really wanted the house. Like, and I, he kept, they came back and he said, no, that's not enough money. You need to raise your offer. And I said to mum, it's a buyer's market. You've got the money in the bank. This guy is not going to know. Um, this guy is not going to um, be able to budge. He's not going to come across anyone else like you. You're in a strong position in this. I said, walk away. Tell him you don't want it. That was my advice. And she came, she goes, oh, I really, I really want this house. She's like, I don't want to walk away. And then the estate agent phoned my mum directly. She'd tell you this story in these words. I'm not talking, she's not here today. Um, I'll tell you the story, um, exactly how she would say it. And, and the estate agent said to her, you know what, like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for you to get this house. The guy, you need to bring your offer up and you need to do that. And she goes, oh, yeah, I'll increase our offer by 5000 I really want it. He's not going. And she told me, and I said, Mom, I told you to walk away. I said, walk away from the Why have you given them another £5,000 on the offer? And she comes to prayer meeting and she's like, oh, I'm sad. I'm like, I'm sad. I really want this house, but Julian's saying, don't stand. And not only is he my son, but he's my pastor now as well. So I've got to listen. I've got to listen to what he's saying 
just a little bit. And like, so she's like, we're going to lose it. We're going to lose it. I said, mum, under no circumstances, have that conversation with the estate agent again. I said, stand and tell them you're going to walk away. You've got the money in the bank. You're ready to go. It's a buyer's market. Nobody can sell their house at the moment. There's a real stagnant in that price range of house. I said, stand firm, stand strong. So she came to prayer meeting and within 24 hours, um, the guy came back and said, well, I'm not going to accept. And I said, well, we're walking away. See you later. 24 hours after that, he said, we accept your offer. She got the house and she got it because she was prepared to walk away from the negotiation. She was prepared not to compromise. Before I get into all of the stuff about not compromising and how we live our lives and the things the Bible says we should hold dear and do right and wrong, I really believe that in our church, we can see some businessmen rise up that know what it is not to compromise in a negotiation. You know what? Just because something tells you it's one way, we can rise up and be bold and trust that God has our best at hand. I want to encourage you, be brave in negotiations. Be brave in business. Be brave in those things because it's amazing when you get the breakthrough. No compromise has amazing results. Compromise can be expensive. But there are four things. Have we got no screens? There are four or five things that we mustn't compromise. And when you look at this on the wall of Com Church, I want you to consider these five things. And I'm going to talk about no compromise, but I want to read. Let me tell you what they are, because they were all going to be on the screen at the same time. God's word, number one. It can't be compromised. God's word. I'll talk a bit more about it in a bit. But you can make a note of it so that you know. God's standard can't be compromised. God sets a standard, and it cannot be compromised. If you want God to really bless your life and you do that, yes, we make mistakes. Yes, we fall. But God's standard needs to hold firm and it cannot be compromised by Comchurch or by us. God's promise cannot be compromised on your life. The time between when God gives you the promise and when the promise comes to pass in your life, that season of time in the middle is the time when you're going to compromise and go, Do you know what? It's never going to happen. God's promise is never going to happen. We've sung that amazing song this morning that God's promise stands and it always stands no matter what. No matter what detour you're on in life, no matter what bad decisions have taken you off somewhere else, God's promise still stands and you cannot settle for anything less than the promise he's given you. So there's those. Then God's best. God can plan your life better than you can. And he has the best for you. And you should settle for nothing less than God's best in your life. And I want to encourage you. Let me expand on those four things. Everybody say God's word. Everyone say God's standard. Everybody say God's promise. And everyone say God's best. I don't normally do that. But in the absence of slides, we're going to be repeat after me. Our job is to hold fast God's word in our day and age. 2018, my job here as senior pastor of Comchurch is to hold God's word static, the same yesterday, today, and forever, so it doesn't drift in our community, in our church, in our lives. That's one of our key purposes and our key points. We're going to talk in October about matters of the heart. We're going to talk about 
sexual uh, identity and different things that influence that. That's going to be a brave series for us to challenge and to take on in, um, in October. But our job to do that, to hold God's word fast in our community, we need to raise people that hold God's word still in their lives and it doesn't move and it's the same yesterday, today and forever. And that's how we do it. So we've got to train you and teach you to hold God's word at the place where it doesn't move. That's a challenge in our community. I want to get out there and reach people. I want to get out there and make sure that people connect with church. But the danger with that is that you water down and you make church an easy place to come for people in hopes that you make the process of their conversion nice and easy. What a challenge that is. When the Bible is very clear, let me look up this. If you've got a, um, I'm going to have to do it manually, aren't I? My gosh, look up James 4.4. So I'm going to just highlight what I'm thinking this morning. James 4 verse 4. This is great. James for you adulterous people. That's a good way to start, isn't it? There you go. You adulterous people. Nice one. People, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Does, I, I don't know what to say, but it's right there in James. Yet on the other hand, 1 Corinthians 9, 19 to 23 is the words of Paul. I'm going to read these to you. This is Paul talking about his freedom, actually. He's talking about how free he, free he is. Oh, it's up. Oh, that's awesome. Though I am free and belong to no one, I made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many people as possible. To the Jew, I became a Jew, to win the Jew. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not under the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means, I might win some or save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in, in its blessings. So on the one hand, we're being told to be friends with the world is, is hatred towards God. But on the other hand, we're told as a church, we have to be making ourselves all things to all men. If you are not going to God's word for yourself, if the first time you're made with the choice, do I compromise? Do I move close to what my friend's telling me in order to win them? Or do I hold fast to what God is telling me and say, well, I'm not going to enter into that because God's standard is held high? I hope this is making sense to you, but that's a challenge. You are faced with that choice to compromise in order to reach. You have to go back to the word for yourself in that moment. The more people we can have sat on seats in this church, that when that difficult question comes, go, I'm going to go back to God's word and I'm going to hold fast to it. What's God telling me? What I'm holding in my hand here is a living, breathing Word of God document. At the same time, it holds fast and it is steadfast and it's foundational. There is no book like it. 
titles in the world of books are very compromising, very compromising. There's a book called Fifty Shades of Grey. The world is made up of grey. The world is made up of compromise. Nothing is definite. Nothing is, nothing is set in stone. Everything is permissible. You can do what you like. This word, I would suggest, could subtitled in zero shades of grey. Zero shades of grey. Go back to the word. When you get to know the God of this word, you'll know it's all about love. All about love. The Bible says God is love. So when you come to go into the friends, you go into the world, you realise that you can love someone without having to enter into the same things they're doing. So we're going to put ourselves in places where we have to be all things to all men. But at the same time, we need to really guard our relationship with God. And that's not an easy place to be. In order to do it, you have to not compromise the word of God. It has to be static in your life. But the big compromise we all make is making the decision without even consulting the word of God. So when I say no compromise in the word of God today, what I'm saying to you is don't make a decision without checking it out. The biggest trick that the enemy has pulled is that you can do it by yourself. You need God's word. It needs to be static in our church and it needs to be static in our lives. So go to God's word. It will never return void. However it speaks to you and whatever it tells you to do, do it and you see what God does. So we cannot compromise God's word ever. We want one size fits all Christianity and one size fits all faith. I don't know if when you came in here today, but you saw our hosts in their t-shirt. I wore mine on purpose today. When we, um, these t-shirts cost us about 600 to 1,000 pounds when we order them for the group of people. And sometimes we pay for our own and buy them. But if you notice that uh, all of our hosts are of different shapes and sizes. So like, if we could order them all in one go, they would probably cost us in one size... 300 pounds the t-shirts that we order for our host but because we don't make a basic host size person I don't know if you've noticed um but like we have to order them in all different sizes and me Josh and Ollie are up there in creative we've designed the t-shirt we've got it and then like we go to place that can't can't we just order medium and everybody wear a medium it doesn't work it doesn't work we can't do it it would be nice and easier if one size fits all. I don't know what you're facing or what you do, but the amazing thing about God's word is that it will speak to you at the point of your need. It will be extra, extra, extra large if it needs to be. It will be extra small if it needs to be. It will speak to you because it's a living, breathing document, which incidentally, Fifty Shades of Grey is not. You'll know that God is love. And you'll be able to love someone that does life different to you if you get to know this and you hold it in your life. God's standard. We're, we're finding now that God's standard is out of reach. When I started to hear today that every one of us need a saviour. There's no scale of sin in life. The things that separate us from God. God's standard is up here and it's really hard to reach but what we're finding is that churches and people in church circles and the world are going well God's standard makes me feel uncomfortable so it needs to come down to where I'm at so that I don't feel condemnation so that I don't feel um, guilt and shame well 
Here's what's amazing about what Jesus did for you on the cross. You can hold God's standard there. And the difference between where you're acting and where God's standard is, there's grace and mercy that is new every morning. Isn't that amazing? But God's standard needs to stay uncompromisingly where it belongs. God's standard can't be moved by Comchurch. It cannot be moved by Pastor Julian. It can't be moved by the senior leadership of this church. It needs to stay exactly where it belongs. If you don't know Jesus this morning and you don't know what I'm talking about, this message is to a lot of people in our church that know exactly what I'm talking about. But get to know the Jesus that has grace on offer for you today. God's standard needs to stay exactly where it is, no matter how unobtainable we think it is. The Bible says, when we keep God's word, that there is no condemnation for those that love Christ and accept Christ. So if you're accepting God's word, in that moment that you think, oh, I feel condemned, I've got shame, I'm going to adjust what God says, I'm going to argue with the word of God, I'm going to bring it down to my level. In that moment, you need to ask yourself, are you holding on? to God's word. Are you truly? That's difficult. No compromise. We can't compromise God's standard and we cannot compromise God's word. There's a tree um, that is amazing. It's called the banyan tree. The banyan tree. It's called the strangler fig. It's, so what happens is a bird takes a seed for this strangler fig tree and it drops it on another tree. So like the bird, it falls out of the the feet of the bird and drops on to another tree like an oak or something like that. So the bird deposits it at the top. Then gravity helps that seed drop a little root that goes from the very top of the tree where that seed dropped and it goes all the way down until it reaches the earth. Gravity helps this root grow all the way down to the earth. Then when it hits the earth where there's the same water and the same nutrients that the oak is eating from it begins to drink and feed itself then it starts to grow and attach itself around the host tree so this host tree starts to get wrapped round by this new like structure around the outside and it builds and builds and it started at the top and it went all the way down to the bottom over the matter of years the oak tree is completely wrapped in a new surface by this strangler fig tree and it covers it to the point where over some more years the oak tree begins to rot and die because the nutrients and the water that are in the ground um, that are for that tree to grow get taken by this new bayan tree around the outside until the point the bayan tree is as big and strong and stands there in the place that the original oak stood in the same way, that's how compromise can take root in our life. You make a small adjustment of God's word. You make a small adjustment of, um, of compromise and God's standard. And it can wrap around your life. And then you make the next one. And then you make the next standard. Then you make the next compromise. Until... There's complete change and there's nothing left of your original self. Let God forbid that we become a church that begins to let compromise infiltrate and we become something that we're not meant to be. God forbid that your life 
doesn't allow compromise to come in. It will never come in a da-da, da-da, look at me. It will be the small things, the, the little compromises that we make along the way. The third thing I don't want us to compromise in is God's promise. Standards difficult to talk about, isn't it? Standards difficult to talk about because the word of God says that we should have holy living, purity. I'm not talking too much about that today because we're going to deal with the subject in October. We're going to deal with things, matters of the heart in October and we're going to be really upfront about it and talk about what God's word says. But God's standard is tough to talk about but we need to know what it is and live by it. But God has a plan for your life. A better plan than you could ever write. And you know what? The Bible, they say that the Bible's full of promises. Full of promises. Every day of the year, if you want a promise from the Bible, it's there. But then many of us have had a word over our life and we know God has promised to do things that haven't taken place yet. There's a word over your life. God has promised you and you know that that's going to come about one day. If you don't have a promise or you don't know what God's plan is for your life, that's why we have a senior leadership team. Come and see us and go to the word for yourself. Find your promise. God's word is completely full of promises. You know, Josh spoke that word a few months ago. Joshua spoke very, very clearly about God's promise standing. No matter what detour we go on, what life routes we take, God's promise stands and it's there for you. No matter what journey you've been on, God's, word, God's promise and his word is there for you. No matter where you are on the sat-nav detour of life, his promise still stands. I want to encourage you, hold on to God's promise. While you hold on to God's promise, compromise becomes very difficult. Every decision you get faced with in your life will be taken back and say, does that marry up? with God's promise so like God's promise to do something so now the decision this decision is over here what do I do about it well that one will move me closer to the promise that God said over my life the other one would move me further away that's how God moves us towards our promise we we check our promise against the things happening in our life and we move towards it I want to encourage you, never give up on God's promise just because you haven't got there yet. You haven't reached the end fulfillment of it yet. We have to stand strong on God's promise for us. We don't compromise it. We shouldn't give up on it because it hasn't happened yet. No compromise. God's promise will come to pass. Don't settle for less than God's promise. Maybe on the journey you'll have some successful milestones that look and feel like God's promise coming to pass. But you know what? We can go all the way to what God promised. We don't have to have partial promise over our lives today. The same, they're very similar. The, third, the fourth one was God's, God's, um, God's best for your life. God's promise and God's best are very, best are very close together. Don't compromise or settle for less than God's best for your life. If you're not going back to God's word, how are you ever going to know what God's best is for your life? The Bible says in Galatians 6 verse 9, Let us not become weary of doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Do not give up. It's meme time. There's a great meme that I love. 
Failure is temporary, only made permanent by giving up. Failure is temporary, only made permanent by giving up. What an amazing meme. Thank God for Facebook. When we go through delays in life, don't get discouraged, don't lose heart, and don't give up. You know, the Israelites did, and it kept them out of the promised land for a time. Numbers 14, 2 to 4 says this, All the Israelites grumbled against Moses. If only we had died in Egypt, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. That's what the children of Israel wanted to do. They wanted to go back to captivity. They gave up on their dream. They had been rescued from 400 years of slavery, but they wanted to go back to where they were. They wanted to go back to slavery. Why do we do that? I'm glad the PC recorded this next bit and I could remember it. Like the Israelites, some people would rather live in slavery than face the, face the fear that comes with freedom. Some people would rather live in slavery than face the fear that comes with freedom. You know, freedom is exciting. Freedom is chaotic. Free, freedom is crazy. And it messes our world up. Truly free. True, to be truly free, you can only do that in the presence of God. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's what the Bible says. So when you're in His Spirit, you're truly free. But some people are too scared to be truly free, to know real freedom. I want to let you know today that real freedom comes from being in the presence of God. And it's exciting and holding his word close and keeping his standard where it belongs. Many of, many of us aren't willing to push through and work on the problem until we get the problem right. That's the thing. We need to be tenacious. We need to get the problem right. Hey, we've got a problem in our life. I'm, I am compromising. I am doing this. I am doing that. But we need to keep working on it. Have a tenacious, no compromising spirit that says to you, I will not settle for mediocrity. I will not settle for anything less than God's best for my life. No compromise can bring conflict with it. Because when you say, I'm going to stand this way and I'm not going to move, it can be read as arrogance. It can be read as many different things. Um, but you can be at conflict with the world because the world says, hang on a minute, I'm, this is as far as I'm prepared to go and I'm going to stand here and I'm not going to move. And then the world says to you, but what about this? But what about that? You need to adjust your position on this subject. You need to move like this. And you've gone, no, I've gone far enough and I'm going to stand. That will bring conflict into your life and there's no avoiding the tunnel of conflict. If you have to take the tunnel to get to the other side, take the tunnel the no compromise tunnel. In the middle of the tunnel, I don't know if you've ever been on the Blackwall Tunnel under the River Thames, but as you go down, it then veers to the left. And very soon into the tunnel, you can't see the light of the place where you entered the tunnel behind you. So very quickly, it turns left and you can't see where you've come. And you're not far enough into the tunnel yet to see the light of the end of the tunnel. The Blackwall Tunnel happens to have lights all the way in it so you can see all the way. But if those lights weren't working, you would be in complete darkness in the middle of the tunnel without being able to see the end destination or where you've come from. 
If you think about the children of Israel, they were in the mindset of we need, we've actually only just come this far. The light behind us is, it can't be far back there. Let's turn around and go back. But there's a light in front and it's there somewhere. And it may be that we have to take the tunnel of conflict. In the middle of that tunnel, it'll be dark and you'll want to turn back. And it's that moment that there's an enemy that wants you to compromise, wants you to turn around, wants you to head back, and everything will come at you. It's that dark moment in the tunnel where you feel tired, when you feel weak, when you're uncertain. Well, hang hang on a minute, I've been going for 10 minutes now and I haven't seen the light yet. Is it really there? That's the moment in the tunnel where compromise will be, seem like an attractive option. It will seem like the way to go. But when this picture is hanging on the wall of our church and you're living your daily life and you come in on a Sunday and you're feeling that dark tunnel moment, my prayer is that you will remember that you can stand strong. Hold God's word close in that moment. Hold God's standard where it belongs in your life in that moment. Do those things. We will reach the light on the other side. Don't get discouraged. Prayer's going to love this. He's going to love me. Prayer's going to pray. You're going to love me today because that dark moment in the tunnel, you have two options, absolutely two options. And I'm going to bring this to land real quick. You have two options. Let me find that point. Luke 18.1. You ready? Luke 18.1 tells us Jesus is about to tell a parable. That is to teach a lesson. And he tells everybody, this is the lesson I'm going to teach you before he tells it. He says, we must always pray and never lose heart. We must always pray and never lose heart. I want to suggest to you that if you're not praying continually, your other option is you're losing heart or you're becoming discouraged the thing God tells us to do as Com Church, when we're in that moment where it's dark and it's going, we're unsure whether the light is going to come at that end. We feel like we want to compromise and turn back. God says to you, pray continually, because if you don't, you're going to feel discouraged. If you do not pray continually, you'll be losing heart. They're the two options. That's what I want to let you know today. That's why God's given us prayer. We need to do it. Move closer to God. Do the things the Word of God tells you to do and pray continually. Let's not become discouraged. What do I pray? God, what shall I pray in this moment? Help me hold on and help me not give up. Sometimes that's all we can pray. God, help me to hold on and help me not to give up. If you're facing that today, if you're sat here today, you've got tired, you've got weary, you've got sick of the mundane, you've got sick of those lives. And actually in the middle of the craziness of life, the option to compromise was easier to take for you than it was to not compromise and stand. God's grace is here for you today. At the end of this service, I'm going to minister to people feeling tired because I really feel like the first step on the way is like because when you're tired and weary no compromise just feels like a stand you don't need God hears your frustration and he fills your heart today and so do I we must stand pray stand in prayer and just stand the 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 enemy wants you to sit down wants you to take a rest wants to get out you know if you're going to 
The Bible tells us to put on the armour of God. To put on armour, you cannot do it sitting down. You have to stand up to put on the armour of God. Otherwise, it will weigh you down. They say that the armour that they were talking about in the Bible, if you took it on sitting down, your legs are not strong enough to lift you off the floor. You have to be standing up when you put the armour of God on in your life. Church, we must stand as the world is telling us that things are changing and, and, and God's standard doesn't need to be there. I mean, what are you talking about keeping God's standard there? That's out of reach for us. We need to move it down here. Well, no, leave it there and you accept Jesus' grace. Let's do this. Let's hold it. Let's stand. Let's stand strong. Let's not be wavering. The light at the end of your tunnel is on its way. It's coming. We will reach it. Go to my conclusion too much let's stand stand for God's best and stand on God's best let's stand yeah let's do it stand for your freedoms stand on the freedom to live right the freedom to talk right the freedom to do right let's stand church there are some people here that are just so weary standing up feels like a mission today just standing up feels like a mission But we're going to start with just standing. That's the way we're going to do it. God will do great things for people that stand up for Him. People that hold His Word close and people that keep His standard high. People that prioritise His promise and people that love God's best in their life. People will help you. God will help you stand. Resolve now by God's grace to stand on the rock and resist the waves of compromise that are sweeping our cultural world. There are waves of compromise in every area of life, in your workplace. And and there's compromise sweeping over the church of Jesus Christ in this place right now, across our country, across the world. Let's stand strong on the Word and That's not done by me going to God on behalf of this church and looking at what God's Word says. It's done by every active member knowing and going for themselves to God's Word to see what it says. Always remember that when you take the stand, you do not stand alone. And this is where I want to finish. God left the Holy Spirit on this world so that we don't, when we choose that moment of no compromise, when we said, I'm going this far and no further, and everything comes against us to say, no, you will compromise. No, you will do it this way. No, you have to move from your position. You can't stay there. As the world comes against you, God says, I've sent the Holy Spirit so that you don't have to do that alone. Jesus will stand with you. Jesus will stand with you as you make that choice. Count the cost of compromise in your life. Take a look at the issues that you know God's Word says one thing and you've done the other. Count the cost of that compromise in your life. Take it seriously. Take it seriously. But we don't have to do it alone. We've made that mistake. We've done that thing. There is restoration for that. There is a promise that is still standing. Hidden in the middle of no compromise, there is promise. In this word, promise, right here, hidden, right here as we know compromise. His promise over your life still stands today. The world tells you it's dead. You're never going to reach it. You won't get there. 
but His promise still stands. Lord, I pray over Com Church that we would be unwavering, that we would hold Your Word close, that we would hold Your standard where it belongs, and that we would look to Jesus for everything else. Lord, I pray right now that Your promise would stand in our lives. And Lord God, for each of the people that have heard this message today, I pray for God's best in their lives. We receive your best today. What an exciting future we have because you have great things planned for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to get in touch, visit our website at www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.